Blog Talk Radio.
hanging out at the beach tonight. How is everyone? Well, I know that if our happy place is the beach, I am sure that there are other spirits who don't want to leave either. They like their spirits. So tonight we're going to do our show on uh, Coastal Ghosts. By the way, I'm Wendy. (laughs) And everybody knows me. I'm Eric. Well, I I wanted to take a few moments before we actually started, and I wanted to say I don't know how many of you guys tuned in last week to Heartspeels, but if you didn't, you need to check it out. The show was amazing. Wendy had her daughter on there, and they talked about puzzles, and I'm telling you, it kept my attention the whole show, and time crept up on them quick. I know. I know. I did not know that puzzles, something as simple as a puzzle, can do so much for you physically, like helping your memory and helping, you know, my daughter has autism and helping her for autism, and I just... I guess that's why she loves to doing battles so much. But she does them and she, like, glues them up and actually sells some that she's put together. So if you have a puzzle that you would like to have done up, and she does a really good job. She does them in a picture frame. I have one here. It hasn't made it to the wall yet, but it's going to. (laughs) We'll post that picture when it does. But if you guys notice at the end, they kind of had a a malfunction with the phone system, knocked them offline, and but most of the show. All of the show is on my Facebook page, her Facebook page. I think it's on Eric's Facebook page. Yeah, they did a Facebook Live, and we're thinking about doing that too. Yep. So you guys can actually see us instead of just hearing us. Because <laughs> who knows? Are we really real? I don't know. We might be spirits too. Well, I hope you guys are staying cool out there. And I'm trying to think. We had some announcements of some stuff going on. I know for those that like the DeLoreans, they have a lot going on during the week. Yeah, they're actually a new realm tonight in Virginia, Virginia Beach. Um, it's my friend Lauren's birthday. Happy birthday, Lauren. <laughs> um, we're going to be at Cabot on 360 next month, August the 20th. And I think we're going to go live. If it allows us to go live. Yeah, if it allows us. I um, have some unfinished business that I need to tend to there. Because I'm not going to let that thing in the basement. It's not going to beat me. Speaking of ghosts, it says many places have myths, legends, mysteries, and ghost stories. I think one of my favorite, two actually, well, I guess this can, can be considered one place, considering we are talking about the beach. 
but it seems like North Carolina and Virginia has, like, so many ghost stories, so many. And many of them, so many of them come from come from the uh, coast, Virginia Beach, Snakes Head, Outer Banks, Ocracoke. Can't forget Ocracoke. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that a little later. Would you like to start with one, Eric? I think I will. Let me put on my old man spectacles. But I want to start out, and you guys hear me talking about this place all the time because it's like one of my most favorite places in Virginia Beach. And it's always been a dream of mine to stay there. We've um, done a live from there before. We've gone there quite a bit. And it never ceases to amaze me. But it's... um. It sits atop a beautiful Virginia Beach highest hills overlooking the Atlantic, the Cavalier Hotel. And, I mean, this place is absolutely beautiful. For me, it reminds me of what the Titanic felt like being on, just the way it is on the inside, the way the people are dressed. I've only ever been to one other place that kind of gave me that same sort of feeling, and that was when we went to Atlantic City. Oh, yes. And that hotel is haunted as well. So I wonder if there's, like, some kind of connection with looking like Titanic and having that atmosphere. Because it's the same kind of atmosphere. That's true. And I didn't realize this. This explains a lot. It's actually, this hotel is built of limestone and brick. So isn't limestone a real... Conductor for, um, yes, spirits. But this was, it was built during the Roaring Twenties. And it was actually 10 presidents stayed there. Bob Hope stayed there, Doris Day, Frank Sinatra, even Scarface and Al Capone. That is crazy. And I remember seeing this. There's actually a fireplace that's big enough for a person to walk inside. We went to that. Is that the hot room? Yes. Yeah, the hot room. And that's where Richard Nixon frantically burned some of the Watergate papers. Really? Did not know that. That's what I'm saying. It's... Oh, yeah. I never thought about this either. It's the way it is, the history of this place and the paranormal activity. The Cavalier is Virginia's answer to Colorado's famous Stanley Hotel, mm-hmm. and that makes sense. It has 85 op- opulent guest rooms, a luxurious spa, and uh, oh, 
It has a distillery on site. It has three restaurants, mm. a resort-style pool, a beach club, access to a secluded beach, and they even have a square footage area for like a grand occasion, like a wedding or a bar mitzvah, a bomb mitzvah, or a party, or there are some interesting ghosts who make the Cavalier Hotel one of the five most haunted places in Virginia. Oh, wow. And these are some of the ones we always talked about if we went, we wanted to stay on the sixth floor. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons for that is Room 606 mm-hmm. on the sixth floor, the most famous that the Cavalier is Curacours. Cours. Yeah. <laughs> my turn, Alexis. After you had your fun, this is my turn. <laughs> Company founder, Adolf. I can't even pronounce his name. Adolf. Adolf? Adolf Coors. Yeah. On June 5th, 1929, he either fell from the window of his room or was pushed or jumped or jumped, committed suicide by jumping six stories. They said that his death is being investigated, but his wife, who shared the room with him at the time and who was the only witness, said he either jumped or fell. And so, the sixth floor in room 606 is a hotbed. And it says people have witnessed a replay of his gruesome fall and then heard the sound of his body thumping against the pavement. Oh, man. Plop. Yeah, like I said, I've, I've been wanting to stay and actually stay in that room, but... The Cavalier now has gone back to six to eight hundred dollars a night, and while it would be worth it, it's just too expensive. Now I didn't know this. They said the front desk regularly receives reports of peculiar peculiar occurrences within the room. Windows reportedly open by themselves during the night. Voices and shuffling sounds are heard from within, and several EVPs have been recorded. Others find that their towels have been taken from the rack and thrown to the floor, and some have even seen the ghosts haunting the halls. We did. Oh, yes. Yeah, if you tune into one of our shows, like, way, way back, we actually were there and had an experience. And if I'm not mistaking, the ghost that we, the spirit that we saw was actually standing right outside of 606. Because is that 606 is like at the end of a hallway. We need to go back. Because that would be crazy. And when when I asked the front desk about it or asked somebody that used to work there, said, yeah, they had reports of that all the time, mm-hmm. but they don't have anybody that late because it was in the evening. Mm-hmm. It was like at late 
eight or nine, and people do not, they don't do housekeeping at eight o'clock at night. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know this either. A local author who leads ghost tours tells the story of holding up a picture of Adolf Coors as one woman in the tour gasped. Apparently, she attended a wedding at the Cavalier in the 1970s, and the man no one recognized kept showing up in the pictures. She recognized the man as Adolf Coors. So he's there. But they said that he's not the only ghostly inhabitant of the sixth floor. A husband and wife who stayed in room 606 recorded a man who identified himself as Mike via the spirit box said there are multiple ghosts there, including a few murder victims. Hmm. While this is being recorded, the chandelier began walking back and forth. All of these are documented. So this is not just hearsay. Wow. And I know the hotel was closed during the winter months. The reception would repeatedly receive falls from the sixth floor. Although falls. Falls or calls? Must be calls. Must be a misprint in this. Although no workers were there, watchmen would check on the rooms calling only to find no one there. So they were receiving calls during the day and nobody was staying up there. Which is the same thing that happened to us at uh, Fort McGregor. Oh, yeah. And I didn't get to get a chance to go hear the, the ballroom. But they said that um, the piano in the Grand Ballroom is a testament to this era, and many have heard it play by itself, its keys moving up and down, creating music with no one there, haunting music played by a haunted piano, and that's one, only one reason. And now this is one of my favorites. The ghostly animals they have. Oh, the kitty. Yes. There's a little girl and her cat. And what's cool, we actually saw where there's um, cat prints in the stairwell mm-hmm. when the cement was just poured and they formed. But... They said something about there was a little girl who was vacationing with her family, and she let the family cat get out of the room. And they said some say they saw it fall into the pool, and then she jumped in to save it, and then both drowned. But they said you can hear the cat scratching on doors and trying to get in and out of the rooms. Some voice recorders have caught it meowing as well. Some have seen a ghostly cat roaming the halls, and they've actually seen a cat's tail going around the corner. Mm-hmm. Some of the people were, were talking about that on one of the videos I was watching. How you know you see things out of the corner of your eye? They would see the cat's tail. That's kind of cool. 
But they said the front desk gets calls all the time of people complaining of a cat in the building. They said they've seen the little girl walking near the pool, oh. still looking for her furry friend. Oh. And here's the thing I was telling you about. When the hotel was renovated in 2010, Mm-hmm. Cat prints repeatedly showed up in the freshly laid foundation in a stairwell. And some are still visible today. And I live a We saw, well, you saw it. I think I have a picture of it somewhere. It'd be nice if we did. I don't think I do. I have to find it. And I think we, we went to this, the back of the restaurant. Frequently sees the ghostly apparition of a female who shows up without a reservation, wanting to die. Oh. She reportedly also walks about the dog at her heels. Oh, there's a dog in there, too? Wow. And I heard some of these. They said um, the elevators throughout the hotel move on their own without anyone pushing buttons. How do we know this had happened when the hotel was closed for renovations? A ghostly African-American bellhop warns people to be careful of the ghosts on the sixth floor. I remember hearing about that. A forlorn World War II soldier wanders the halls. And it says, paranormal investigators aren't allowed to have active investigations at the hotel, but nothing prevents anyone. (laughs) including investigators, from renting rooms there and pulling out their equipment while in their room. Mm-hmm. And as you know, most people know, it, the hotel doesn't embrace its hauntedness as some hotels, because the Claridge does. It's a host, Claridge definitely does. It actually hosts to the three-day Eastern Paranormal Investigators Co-op Conference in March 2010. But that's kind of what we had to do. When we went, we had to kind of basically, um, I don't want to say sneak our way in, but we kind of snuck our way in. Yeah, snuck our way in. But they've changed it now where the elevators won't move if you don't have a room key. But there's a ways around that. You just go up the stairs. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm going to travel from Virginia and go down to coastal Carolina because we got some ghosts here, too. (laughs) (laughs) And the most famous one is the Lost Colony. Oh, yes. This is the 16th century English settlement on Roanoke Island, which brings back memories because... As a child, I um, every year we would go to see the Lost Colony. It's a great play. Y'all have to go. It's an outdoor play, and y'all would have to definitely go there. Um, 117 settlers arrived on Roanoke Island in 1587. When British ships returned with supplies three years later, the settlement had vanished, and only a one-word carved into a tree. Do you remember what that one word was? Oh, man, I do not remember. Croatan. That's right. 
The colony and its inhabitants were never found. And I was looking through some um, things today, which I think we are going to actually have before the summer's over, actually have a show on that because it is so long, it is so wild, the things that people think. I mean, they even said that they were, like, taken by witches. I mean, it, it gets really deep and really out there of what things that people, they think maybe they ate each other. Mm. So, you know, the this, this story was memorized, memorialized by a long-running play, yes, held every year near the site of the settlement. Ah, love that place. Yeah, I love We went to that, and I really enjoyed it. It was really interesting. So I think, yeah, that would be an awesome show to talk more about that. And while we're still on the North Carolina coast, it says some that spirits exist are frightened and living while others are just going on about their daily routine. Yet some ghosts appear for another reason, to send a message. One such apparition is that of the great man of Hatteras. Witnesses to this well-known spirit have reported sightings since the early 1900s. Legend says that during hurricane season, just as the earliest winds and rain of an approaching storm reached the outer banks, this apparition will appear. Means of the gray man. Hmm. It says he appears in the shape of a man, shadowy gray in color, but only before a particular dangerous storm. And they have a lot of hurricanes about this time of year up on the coast. Many believe he was a sailor lost at sea to a violent hurricane and does not want others to suffer the same fate. Others say that he isn't a ghost at all, but rather an expression of nature's energy approaching the island. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Tell you, I've seen some hurricanes, and they are no fun. <laughs> In the modern world, it's much easier to track hurricanes and get a general idea of what level intensity the storm will be as it approaches. But people still look for the gray man today as a sign of whether or not the storm will be exceptionally dangerous. Hmm. They say there's even some video of them. I would love to see that. Me too. Oh, I need to go to some of these places. I know. I'm telling you, the East Coast is full, full of history and legends and folklore and ghosts. And so I think we're actually going to make this show into, uh, we're going to have a part two of this show. So everybody who's enjoying this one can tune into the part two. Oh. Here's one, and this is an area that Alexis loves to go to, the Outer Banks. Oh, yes. But there's one. Ooh. And everybody knows and heard what this place has been nicknamed. Graveyard of the Atlantic. 
And the, well, the reason it is, it's the most difficult place to navigate a boat in the nation. It's the water off the coast of Cape Hatteras, also known as Diamond Shoals, hmm. has caused both shipwrecks and human casualties. The area's strong currents, hidden sandbars, and potential for severe weather systems lead or led to plenty of ships lost at sea earning that nickname. Wasn't just the geography of the land or even the lack of proper navigation systems that made the waters perilous. This region was the battleground of plenty of violent tragedies throughout history, such as the American Civil War, World War One, World War Two, and the terrifying reign of Atlantic pirates. Well over a thousand shipwrecks have been recorded since the early 1500s. And some suggest that the amount of lost ships has reached 5,000. Hmm. Now here's one. It's a creepy tale among these losses, and that's of Carol A. Gearing, which sank in 1921. The Cape Hatteras Coast Guard spotted the ship on January 31st, noticing it had run aground with sails fully set and lifeboats missing. It took several days for rescue boats to reach the ship due to rough waters, but when they did board the ship, the scene would go down and maritime history is a baffling mystery. The Daring had been entirely abandoned by the crew. Personal belongings, navigational equipment, important documents, the ship's anchor were gone with them. Yet there was food left out on the stove and a disarray in the captain's quarters. That reminds me of that movie, uh, Ghost Ship. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Oh, my gosh. That's weird you just said that. It says, although there are dozens of theories as what happened to the 11 crew members on board, ranging from hurricanes, rum runners, Russian communists, pirates, mutiny, and even something supernatural, potentially related to the Bermuda Triangle. No trace of them has ever been found, despite extensive searches and investigations across the eastern seaboard by the Coast Guard, FBI, and other government agencies. In 1922, the investigation of the ghost ship was officially closed without a conclusion. It just remains a mystery. Mm. Wow. Could you imagine? That's just that. It's funny because now they have all these movies where people just have like disappeared, like the flights on airlines, where they've just totally lost it, or you know something. 
has happened and it's like years later and then suddenly the people appear again after being gone. I sometimes wonder if that's what's going to happen with the lost colony. You just disappear, huh? Yes. I have one here that back to Virginia. It says the witch duck. I work not too far from witch duck. Witch duck road. It says there's a legend about Virginia Beach. It starts with the his farm with his farmer woman. What is a farmer woman? In the 1600s or 1700s, there was a woman farming in the fields, and she was wearing men's breeches because she wasn't going to farm in a dress. I don't blame her, which would be awkward. Yes, it would. (laughs) The people were suspicious of her and accused her of being a witch. Ah, she was tried. She was tried. So they tied her thumbs to her big toes and threw her in the river. You know who that is? Yeah. What's your phone guy? Mm-hmm. It says she freed herself and was found guilty because she said, because it was said that if you weren't, if you were innocent, you would have sunk. That's even a witch duck road and witch duck bay. Huh. That's a, don't, yeah, don't you have that with you? Yeah. We might save that part for the next show. Yeah, we're going to save that one for the next show because that is very interesting. And I think I'm going to say say fairy plantation, which got a messed up place. Uh, for the next show as well because they kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It's still, I don't know, just amazing to me. I'm going to kind of stay in the area that I kind of like. I mean, between Virginia Beach and that, but Outer Banks. And I'm going to tell you about the legend of the Oregon Inlet. That would be Ocracoke. No, not Africa. Let me say Oregon Inlet. That's Oregon Inlet. Yeah, that's what said Oregon. It's Oregon. We, North Carolina does not talk that way. Okay. <laughs> wow. I guess that's kind of like when they say pecan and pecan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the... <laughs> However she pronounced it, Inlet <laughs> separates Bodie Island from Pea Island and joins the Pamlico Sound to the Atlantic. It's a major shipping channel and has, you know, it's an important for fishing vessels. The Bonner Bridge stretches across it, carrying tourists up and down the Outer Banks. It's hard to imagine Carolina coast without this seemingly permanent feature. 
but the inlet didn't exist until 1846 when a single night a hurricane carved the channel and saved the ship. I heard about that. That would be another interesting research. Mm -hmm. It says, according to the legend, in 17... Okay, here we go. Rewind. In September (laughs) of 1846, a trading ship named Or... Whatever she said. Oregon. 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 That's... Oregon was making the return voyage to Edenton from Bermuda. The journey had been smooth until the last days. When the winds kicked up, turned dark gray. It soon became obvious a hurricane was coming and the ship was in danger. The ship put on steam and tried to get safely through, but the storm struck. And the small ship was tossed. The crew of the Oregon fought violently into the night to keep their ship afloat. But as the darkness grew deeper around them, the winds grew stronger, the waves grew higher. The crew silently just began to give up hope. But this is the amazing thing. Listen to this. Suddenly a tremendous surge came in from the sea. The boat was lifted high into the air, and the crew felt the deck tilting beneath them. They feared all was lost, but suddenly the rocking stopped. Though still pounded by the wind, the ship was no longer being moved by the waves. The crew was astounded. They realized that the enormous wave had picked up the organ and deposited her on a sandbar. Amazed at their luck, the crew thankfully rode out the night, sitting safely on the tumultuous sea. The next morning, the crew discovered that the hurricane, I'm doing that because someone used to call it a hurricane, had done more than just save the ship. Beside the sandbar was the organ now sat was a wide channel. Consulting their charts, they were able to determine their location and realize that this inlet wasn't on any of the maps. The huge wave that had raised up the Oregon to safety had at the same time forced open a new passage into the Outer Banks. Nice. Oregon And they said when the Oregon arrived back at Port in Edenton, they let the town know of the new passage. Soon the channel became one of the most important passages through the Outer Banks, and in honor of the first ship and first crew to pass through, they named it the Oregon Inlet. That is amazing. Wow. So see, as Lexi always says, Mother Nature never stops. Mother Nature never stops. But now we have a place now that's used big time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep, we do. I love the beach. 
Um, I got a couple more that I definitely want to get in for this show. Um, and you can't be thinking about the beach unless you think about the K. Patteris Lighthouse. Oh, yes. <laughs> at least, this is nearly everyone who visits to Elner Banks has made at least one trip down Hatteras Island to see the famous Cape Hatteras Lighthouse. And it's actually in Buxton. It's called a place called Buxton. Mm-hmm. Sitting near the edge of a narrow island just off a coast, which has been moved twice, I think. The Cape Hatteras Lighthouse has served as a beacon of hope and light in the darkest of nights for decades. However, even important landmarks have mysteries, and the lighthouse is no different. I know this one and the one that kind of looks like it, actually kind of identical to it, um, that's actually on the beach, too. That's the uh, San Augustine Lighthouse. They look very similar, and both of them are haunted as hell. Since <laughs> hmm. perhaps you visited the lighthouse and encountered a friendly black and white cat, more cats. Stray cats and roaming cats are rarely cause for concern, especially when one walks up to, to rub you against you. You might even get to pet it as it walks by, but then as you try to pick it up, it vanishes. Hmm. And that may actually be something else that we do sometime in the future. Hundred lighthouses, because there's a lot of them. There is a lot of them. One of the restaurants that is our favorite is the Black Pelican. Do you know what's haunted? I don't know that. Even a much-loved restaurant like the Black Pelican isn't safe from eerie tales and a troubled history. The restaurant building itself was once a life-saving station in the late 1800s. Hmm. In July of 1884, a dispute unfolded between the station keeper, James Hobbs, and his young surfman, T.L. Daniels, that led to Hobbs fatally shooting Daniels with a receiver. As he wasn't. It was with a revolver. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Although the details of the dispute range from an account of constant disobedience by Daniels to an account of dis- Daniels disrespecting Hobbs' wife, all stories end up with Daniels shot to death on the floor near the front desk of the restaurant. Ooh. Although his blood, although his body was supposedly buried at sea and Hobbs was cleared of any wrongdoings, Daniels may have never left the building. Workers and diners at the restaurant have claimed seeing blood on the wall, hearing footsteps, witnessing doors closing by themselves, and generally getting a creepy feeling, especially at night. Wine bottles and glasses have also reportedly flown off the tables, and so witnesses even report seeing the apparition Apparition of Daniels himself. Ah. I'd like to go there. We got to go, yep. Well, you know, it's weird. Everybody talks about feeling that creepiness, and that's the one thing I noticed about the Claridge. It's haunted, 
that you don't feel creepy there. Hmm. I never felt creepy. I mean, I never, even in the Cavalier, it wasn't that I... It's not a creepy feeling. It's a different feeling that when you walk there, you know. Because remember, we went from floor to floor, and it was different feelings on each floor. Yeah, there was one floor. Woo. And we're going to have to go up. Is that the 12th? I think it's the 12th. I can't wait to go back. We're actually going for your birthday this year. Yay. Can't wait. So they're going to, we're going to go live from there again. Yeah. Maybe I can go live this time, considering last time I was in Facebook jail. Unless you do something stupid and Facebook decides to Waste their time. You don't even have to do anything stupid nowadays for Facebook to put you in jail. Yeah, just ask Psycho Dude. Yeah. All he has to do is say hi and they put him in jail. I know. They don't like him very much. Speaking of Psycho Dude, we're going to have him on the show soon. we got to bring him back. We've got all these shows coming up. And you're going to want to tune into that because you, you think these are creepy tales. Wait till you hear what he's been up to. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um. I kind of want to turn the TV on and finish watching what I was watching a while ago. What? The Blackbeard. Oh, yeah. We just got rid of our Internet. Actually, we didn't get rid of our Internet. We got rid of, ooh, my head is hurting. I'm on these new medication and it's kind of making me loopy tonight um got rid of direct tv um i am a hundred percent happy with it i am too we've gotten all we've had to do is we've gotten like hulu and we're getting peacock we're going to combine them disney finally yeah we've got disney we have ESPN, so we'll be able to watch sports. Which reminds me, I did see a, um, and this is completely off topic. This is Wendy talking, not the night visions. Um, they have, the NFL has come up with some different, um, they're up, updating, quote, unquote, updating their uniforms this year and guess what color my favorite team it used to be a creamsicle freaking orange well guess what they're going back to creamsicle freaking orange well what about what they named the washington football team as? washington commanders whatever anyway what I was getting to is we were watching Blackbeard a while ago. That was so cool. It was. And it's taken me, I don't even know what year that movie came out. And it has taken me that long to, to watch it. It's like 2011. It's, yeah. Like a long time ago. <laughs> but everybody knows I'm crazy about Blackbeard. Everybody knows it. It's, it's actually really good. It's... Mm-hmm. I was sitting there going, I heard the guy's name, and I'm like, yeah, that's the guy that um, killed Blackbeard. Evil, bad. 
we really need to make a trip there. We need to go to Seoul. To Seoul, yeah. We need to go there. I went a long, long, long time ago. I think that was when I kind of started, like, getting crazy about Blockbeard and all that. And I was there, and I saw it, and it was just... It had a weird, eerie feeling to it, and I think that may have been kind of, I don't know if that's what led me to be such a Blackbeard fan or the fact that my parents and my grandparents were like, yeah, you're kin to them. <laughs> well, they wouldn't be just lying to But technically, I don't know that they know who's, who he's kin to. I mean, he was a pirate. I don't I don't know. Well, you'd have to look because if if you had family, you could have had someone that was in the that had the name. Yeah, because they. I mean, there are that that far. There are teachers in my family, and we all came from the same part of the world that he came from. So there is a big possibility that I am great descendant of. What bears? How weird is that? I'll claim him. He's <laughs> evil and he's bad, but he's a badass pirate, so. <laughs> well, my thing is, I hope all these groups that are trying to get rid of everything, I hope that's not something that they try to get rid of because he was a pirate. Oh, I know. Don't erase, don't erase my history. Don't, no. Most of mine got erased. I know. So I'm really beginning to doubt if I even exist. Well, anyway, it seems like time has, like, slipped up on us again. As usual. But, yeah, so we are probably going to have a part two to this. I know a future show, like you said, we're going to have um, Psycho Dude. I know we're going to have, what did I tell you the other day? We were going to have um, North Carolina and Virginia ghost towns. And we're going to bring Alexis on to. And Alexis is going to have more shows. So y'all, I mean, if y'all can think of a show that y'all want to hear from her, she she will do it. She's, she's ready. She's She's a future podcaster. I think we're going to do a show because I think it would be fun. We're going to actually do a show on roller coasters, and we're going to have um, friend Pam on that one too because mm-hmm. she's like a connoisseur of the. I think she's up in the four hundreds now. So yeah, she... so between her and Alexis, you'll get a earful. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Well, thank you all for listening to us just ramble on tonight about, but this is my favorite places, my two favorite things, ghosts and then the, and, and, and the beach. Yes. And like I said, I know we talk about it all the time, but we are going to go to a lot of these places and we will go live from them and just so you can experience it as well. Well, anyway, in the words of Eric, nighty night.
Thank mm-hmm. you. 